Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. A lot of things have happened, and we will discuss them. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Thank you very much for joining. My name is Jimmy. Sitting next to me is Jake in California. We got Trevor in behind the desk. We got Bug Bug Dude producing his buggy butt away. And on this episode of Talking Baseball, we will be talking about baseball. Jake, how you doing? James, Trevor, David Mendelson. Happy holidays to you guys. Uh, Festival of Lights is currently going on. Okay. Allowed. Okay, thank you. And, uh, yeah, man, excited to be in the lab with you bros, chalking it up. (laughs) Kills himself on air. I, uh, no, man, I I still, I need baseball to get hotter in the streets. It's still hot in the streets. I mean, Cole Tucker, Tyler Wade, are we talking about, I mean, sexy middle infielders becoming household names? Whoa, 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 what happened with Tyler Wade? I told you guys this. He's in the celeb game, man. He's dating Trev's girl. I don't know who girl. she is, but somebody very famous. Who? Trev's girl. Trev, tell him, tell him about her. I don't her. know what her name is. I just saw it, and you could Google it. Talking Yanks tweeted BBD. about it. Tyler Wade it was seen on a date with Princess Pia Mia, uh, oh. popular on the tube and the gram and the Twitter and all the jello. Yeah, because Wade is a stud too. <laughs> really hot, my doppelganger. I'm happy for everyone involved. Um, I need one of the big dogs to sign, man. Um, and you know, James McCann, nice, but I need a, I need me a Springer. I, I need me an Ozuna. I need me a DJ Lemayhu Bauer Bear. Um, and baseball's been uh, chilling on that a little bit. So I need one of the big dogs to drop. A lot of little moves happening. You know I can get excited about Chris Flexen coming back from the KBO, but I won't right now, Trev. Don't get excited about the round. We did get some moves. We got Santana. We got Dombrowski. Can I ask Trevor how he is? No, Trevor, chill out real quick. What are you sipping on? What are you sipping on, Trev? That Coffee? syrup? <laughs> Do you guys want to know about me, or do you not want? to Are you know drinking about me? that lean right now? That's a Cali. It's my first cup of coffee. I did my dad workout this morning, so mm. I'm feeling super just like excited Hot. to be here. Um, I am very interested now, and I don't know if it's just because I know these guys, mm. but I'm super interested in the like the girlfriends now: Cole Tucker, Tyler Wade. I need mm. to know about everybody's girlfriend. Tyler Wade's not dating Princess PME. I can tell you that right now. Mm. Well, they went on a, a very beautiful picnic date. together where they were sharing uh, each other's personal space. They had a picnic. Strawberries. What did and they kiwis. use that shirt of his as the blanket? Okay. That's... Shots fired. Let's see. I'll read I'm the doing great, though. If you guys want to know, I'm doing great. I'm a little, okay. I tweeted some stuff about MLB this morning. I'm a little I'm fired up, but I'm, I'm happy. Not. I'm just in a good space mentally. So thank you for asking. You're we lush. should we should Photoshop these picnic photos of Wade and and this girl, uh, so it looks like he's proposing on his knee. Ooh, because he's kind of like halfway bent here. Jeez. If you just kind of like twist it and become fully fake news, we can recreate it with you. Head on. Yeah, we'll recreate it with yeah. you, and BBD will be Princess Piamia. Ooh, done. yeah, done. We uh, we already have the photos too, so we don't even need to. Yeah, to worry about that. So. Young, sexy middle infielders are hot in the street. Need the big boys to go down, but couple fun signings. Yeah, there's yeah. some fun stuff. Dahl, Davis, Renfro. Dombrowski, Devrenfro. Dombrowski's reasoning is interesting. And Trev, I figured out on talking Yanks yesterday, I fully like figured out what's going on with DJ and the Yankees. And um, I'm excited that I wrapped my head around it. And do you want me to tell you what's happening there? Do you want, yeah, do you yeah, want an update? Tyler yeah. Way, or not Tyler Way, DJ LeMahieu uh, is in his camp, are negotiating with the Yankees right now. And the Yankees are saying four years, $70 million. And they're saying five years, 125. And the Yankees say four years, $70 million. And they say five years, 100. And the Yankees say four years, $70 million. Because Cashman will not negotiate against himself. 
So he's like, if you want five years, 100, go to all the other teams and see if you can get it. We know you're going to check back with us and let us know you got it or not. So there's no point in us going an inch more than we want to right now. So now DJ and his camp have to make the rounds, go to the Blue Jays, go to the Nats, go to the people with money, see if anyone bites. And then they either got to come cocky and put a piece of paper in front of cash or tail between their legs. We'll take the four for 80 and cash will bump it up a little bit more to make them feel nice about it. But that's why we're in such a waiting game right now. Cash doesn't want to negotiate against himself. Every player checks in with the Yankees before they sign. Machado did it. Harper did it. Cause why wouldn't you? So Yankees fans, I figured that out. Anyone else interested? That's what's happening. And I feel like very confident that we're in a fine place right now. What are your thoughts? Okay. You, think, you think that's real? Uh, I, I do. I think I agree with what you're saying. He doesn't have a ton of suitors, and the Yankees know that. Yeah. So yes, they don't want to negotiate against himself. Will is it is he a Boris guy? No. No, there's no way. No. There's well, no. he's got somebody who will take a play out of Boris's book, and I'm sure there'll be some mystery teams. I don't know who his agent has on the payroll, but I'm sure we'll see a big J come out saying, ooh, mystery team involved. He might even say the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. He might even say the Mets, the big boys. He'll put that out there, put some pressure. But, yeah, Cash, pretty savvy. He understands the game. And like I've been telling you guys this entire time, the like Mustakis contract is the base, 464. Yeah, and yep. then up from oh. the base. Okay. Just a little bit. You yeah, know what? A couple years removed. I just figured out another thing. There was a report that Justin Turner is asking for a three-year deal. That didn't come from the Dodgers, nor did it come from Justin Turner's camp. That came from DJ LeMayhew's camp yeah. to trick Cashman into thinking, oh, shit, the Dodgers may move on from Turner and pick up DJ now. So DJ's camp, they're pulling some puppet strings. This is very interesting stuff. God, I would love Turner on the Yankees. Can Gio play second? I mean, you'd have to shave his beard. Can Turner play second? Justin God, Turner. He'd be so, he'd be so I'd like to report this Yankees, now. You guys. Justin Turner not signing with the Yankees. Officially reported. Signature okay. beard, Trev. Signature beard. God, he would be great on the Yankees. I would really, He's really, really good enjoy at baseball. Him on the Real good at baseball. And a friend of the program. Program, friend of some pilgrims. Let's get into the first bullet point on our list. Winter meetings was a success, and we thank everyone that joined us. Talking about John Boy Media winter meetings. Uh, Very good. And if you did not tune in and you don't want to go find it on the eight-hour stream, over the holidays we will be putting uh, some of those interviews onto this feed uh, so we can enjoy our family and loved ones. And you guys still get some baseball talk. Question from Trev. Trevor. Thank you. Um, I'm just reading the chat, and Al Atkinson said, I'm giving a weird vibe off because I look fly, but I'm wearing the given up on life hoodie. And I know it looks Mm. like it's just like a random hoodie, but this is like it was meant to look like that. Well, it just looks a size too big. It looks like your raking leaves hoodie. Is that the signature? uh, You're not helping your case for the YouTube watchers. Is that the signature Storielli spill that I spill on myself every day, or is that art? This is art, so it's like an artist. It's even a New York-based company. Wow, cool. New York Seasons. As a guy who hates New York. And it's like... The hood looks things. broken. It looks bad, but it's good. It looks like a broken hood. Like some hoods have some stiffness and some life to it. No, like, it's just a size bigger. I get it. I have a hoodie that I put on every day when I get home because it's an XL, which is way too big. I swim in it. Sure. Because that's like my comfy hoodie. That's what you look like. Dude, this is like a cool guy sweatshirt. No. Like I mean, Wade. that's white hoodie trash. Tyler Wade would wear this sweatshirt. I do. I, yeah. Well. Again, he, he wears would. picnic blankets sometimes. He would so. sneeze old at you. No, you no, no. He's no, not a fake sneeze. This is young. Yeah. That's what I'm no. trying to say. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. Thick Trev maybe fills chair. that out. Carlos Santana to the Royals. Two years, Ooh. $17.5 million. Uh, the Royals also signed Greg Holland. One year, 2.7 to come back as a reliever. They also already went out and got 
blanking, blanking, blanking. Mike pitcher. Miner. Mike Miner. And Michael A. Mm-hmm. Taylor. And Michael A. And Taylor. And guy. Greg Holland. Yeah, Greg Holland. So they're just picking up guys, the Royals. Um, I like Old what guys. I, I like what they're doing. They're saying, hey, we're in a rebuild here, but we're not going to totally dismiss our fan base and just do what the Orioles did and be like a laughing stock terrible while we rebuild. We'll try to put a decent enough product on the field so, you know, you don't you're you're not feeling neglected as they kind of get into phase two of the rebuild. I, I don't mind these signings from them. Yeah. The the other thing there, uh Dayton Moore, who's been running the show down there for a while, he uh he has a quote out there that basically says like we're the Royals, we're we're not gonna play the full small market card. But we do look at things a little bit differently, and that gives us the best chance. So I think they have realized that this market is a really weird free agency. If they throw some money at some guys now and see who bites, you might be able to get a Carlos Santana who, you know, again, when we start thinking about free agency, you know, Carlos Santana on base, power, he's been a great hitter for a decade. You know, Kansas City Royals wasn't the first team that came out of anybody's mouth. <laughs> um, Mike Miner, okay, you know, veterans going to throw innings. They've got a lot of young pitchers, sure. And now Greg Holland uh, goes back to Kansas City. They've got three dudes in their bullpen. It's Holland, Stallmont, and I'm blanking on the other guy, which is good baseball analytics, that, hey, we're we're filling holes, man. We're filling holes. That That's if, all it is. If Less they love. can... Uh, if that young pitching catches up, everyone else in the central is going the opposite direction. That baseball is now run by young guys, and if they have a couple prospects that get up to speed, you know, it, we could be talking about some Royals baseball, which is exciting for a baseball city. And hey, I'm I'm not saying they're coming for your Twins next yet, Trev, but they could be a year away from being a year away, which the Royals haven't been since those World Series teams have gone down. I think it's, you know, a couple of different reasons why you'd bring in veterans. Clearly, that's what they're doing. They're going for the veteran presence because they do have some young guys that need to be taught how to be a big leaguer, how to they need to be taught how to live the life, how to prepare, uh, how to get on base. Carlos Santana comes in. He can help with that. Greg Holland comes into the bullpen. He can help those young bullpen guys. Mike Miner comes over. He can help those young rotational guys. So you have that aspect of it. Then I also believe, and this is a little wishy-washy because there's a couple two-year deals here, but if these guys get off the hot starts, you know, you trade them. The two-year deal thing makes that a little strange. I don't know if teams will be taking on an extra year of salary, uh, but that's always a possibility. If Mike Miner goes out there and shoves, Royals are doing what we expect the Royals to do, trade them to a contender, you get a few pieces back for them. Um, That's... Always an option there. So I, I I like these signings. They, I think number one, the best part of of them is getting that guidance. And two, if they go off and do things, you can trade them and, and get pieces back. But to have those guys in spring training in the beginning of the season, I think is is very valuable to a franchise that's has young guys and they're and they're building back up. Does the Carlos Santana signing Jake mm. affect any other player in free agency right now a, a lot? Ooh, does the Carlos Santana signing affect any of that? I mean, not really. I, I guess you could lump him in with the right field DH. I think Santana can still pick it at first base, so I'm trying to think of other first basemen that are out there. Schwarber. Potentially Schwarber. I feel like Schwarber in the infield never really happened. It doesn't affect LeMayhew. I mean, I was gonna. Say, I mean, maybe someone like Mitch Moreland, but also not really. No, I. I think Santana was in his own world. Veteran guy. The numbers were down over sixty games, and you know, a lot of the analytics said that they really weren't. So, no, I don't know. I, again, I just think this is the Royals went out and did what I've been complimenting the Braves on, and now uh, a couple other teams get in the mix. If you see a guy you want, throw a number out there, and maybe you get him. Maybe you don't, but. Um, good for the Royals. How about that? We're basically opening up talking about the Royals. Does the oh, Greg yeah. Holland signing affect the the reliever market? Because if you dig in to what Greg Holland's done the last couple years, 
it's better than his ERA says. Obviously, I don't like reliever ERA at all. I like try to actually constantly disprove why it's dumb to believe in, and he's a good example of that. I mean, last year he had a good ERA, one nine one in twenty eight games. He only allowed really? six earned runs. Really good. So last the year before that, twenty nineteen, he um, he pitched in forty games. He had a four five four. But if you really go go look at it, he had twenty eight games of scoreless outings, and then he had um, eight. With only one run, where he didn't really blow it, he finished really strong too. I yeah. think he went 13, 13 games scoreless. To and end you the go year. back to twenty eighteen, and it's the same thing. Like the ERA is there because he had one outing where he gave up uh, five earned runs, and and two where he didn't get record an out and gave up uh, two run, earned runs each. But you know, over the season, he pitched in fifty six games, and forty three of them were a scoreless good outing. And, you know, eight of them were – he allowed a run but didn't harm him. So his stats are pretty good. Now, he's older. So he's 32, 34. Um, and his uh, his peripherals are all still decent. He's getting hit harder. I don't know. He only gets $4 million. Like, how does this – 275. 275. Like, how does this affect Doolittle or uh, Brad Hand, who got turned down at $10 million for one year by every team already? I think the reliever market's going to be a shit show of, like, really cheap deals. Trev? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends who you are, how long you wait. You know, all these things matter in free agency. But I think the Holland deal is just them. They're familiar with him, and I think, like I said, like they're looking for him to be in some sort of an advisor role. He did have a good year last year. Um but yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't think this because it's such a it's such a low deal. What was it two and a half with performance bonuses, something like that, for one year? Two seven five. I think they're just taking a chance, and I don't think this affects other guys. You know, he is older. Um, you know, it's not going to affect Brad Hand because he's lefty. Uh, I I love the deal. Greg Holland's a baseball guy through and through. Like all he wants to do is throw a baseball and get guys out. Uh, but I I don't think. This particular deal has, I think the Trevor May deal has more of an effect on the market than than this deal. I think this is just the Royals saying, "We know you. You can help us. You know, you did well last year. Here's here's some money. Come in, and and we'll we'll see what happens." Yeah, the with the relief market, there's a lot of guys out there. Uh, I think Holland's age is probably a factor here. Uh, him and Melanson, uh, Darren O'Day, if you want to get him in the mix, are kind of the old men out there. So. Uh, and we just did an interview the other day with a pitcher who talked about uh, some free agent stuff in his past where I think familiarity is probably a factor. Could Greg Holland have stayed on the free agent market and tried to hunt down 3-2-5 or 3-5? Probably. But maybe he said, like, hey, I still like Kansas City. I've been here. Like, I, I can do this. And, you know, he, he gets a contract and doesn't have to worry about it anymore. Trevor May, and I'm I'm on fan graphs right now, and they do some crowdsource results of guessing guys' contracts. They had Greg Holland going one for five. So, again, do what you want with that. Half of it. They had Trevor May going two for ten. He ended up getting two for 15. So, you know, hey, maybe we circle back on free agency and we say, wow, Trevor May, you know, maybe he got – Paid a little extra juice. Maybe we're not because we know the Mets loved his fastball numbers. So that's the other thing that comes into this. We have all of our numbers. We can hunt down war and different graphs. All these teams have their geeks that think they're better than everybody else's geeks. So, um, you know, it, it takes one team. It's kind of the corny line. But uh, I'm interested to see how it sorts out. I, I think by the end of free agency, we end up looking at that Greg Holland number as kind of a deal. But there's still so many other arms out there that... I don't know. I think it. I think the incentive stuff is something we may see for a lot of these relievers. Like, ah, oh, you're going to get this base, and we'll give you a bunch of achievable incentives if you stay healthy and you are actually becoming a vital part of the back end of the bullpen. I think we'll see a lot of that. There's a lot of relievers to go out there if you want to go collect relievers. So don't let all the, you know, if you're a team that needs them, go get them. Otherwise they're going to get Strike picked class, away. man. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right, James McCann deal with the Mets is official. Four years for forty million. The Mets also hired Jared Jared Porter as their GM and Davis Jouse as their bench coach. You familiar with any of these names around baseball, Trev? 
Jared Porter, I am. Uh, obviously, James McCann, I don't know the bench coach. Um, I do like these moves that they're doing. Porter's really well-respected around the game. He's young. Um, I think he fits in with kind of the way baseball is being operated right now. Uh, he's like a scout at heart. Like he's worked in the scouting department, so he's going to bring like a mixture. You can't just rely on analytics. You have to be able to scout guys too. We talk about that all the time on this podcast. And I think bringing in McCann is a – I don't know if he was involved in that. Like we talk about with Chris Young, was he involved this early? Um, but bringing in McCann – I think is a excellent play for the Mets. Uh, if you had, the, I'd said this on the podcast. If you had to bring in McCann uh, or Rio Muto, I'm bringing McCann in, and I'm going to get other pieces. That's how I would operate the team. People might see it differently, um, but four years, forty for him, and I'm super excited for him to get that. He was designated for assignment by the Tigers just two years ago. Goes to the White Sox, does his thing. I I texted Lucas. Uh, G Lido, I said, bro, you helped get him that contract. And he's like, no, I didn't. Like, come on, man. This guy, like, the stud. I said, no, you calling him a leader helped him get that contract. He got that stigma around the game and he got rewarded for it. So I'm very happy for him. He is a good player. Uh, and now they can go and focus on the Springers, the Bowers, the DJ LeMayhews. And see what happens. At they the, got some money to spend. At the start of the offseason, I said the Mets, if Cohen's coming in and they're flexing their money and we didn't get hit by a bad 2020, I said they needed to go get one of Bauer, Real Muto. And there was another name I had on there that I'm blanking on now. DJ. Or DJ. Springer. I, I contended that Springer isn't the game changer that a pitcher or a catcher is for them. Um was what was my take at the time, which I think I kind of halfway won Jake over with how I was saying it back then. As a fit for the Mets. Yeah. Player-wise, I mean, Springer's as good as there is in the free yeah, yeah. market. So if they just go Springer and McCann, that's a good trade offseason. Trade for Lindor, I think, was the other. Or trade for Lindor, maybe. Yeah. we talked about. Um, Springer and McCann's a good offseason for them. But uh, I was just expecting more. I, I don't. But uh, I wonder how this... I wonder how this relates to Bauer and Romuda. Like, so, I want to see the the Ducks' feet under the water, which way if they're still calm or if now they're, like, swimming certain directions, Bauer and Romuda's camps. Well, I, I, think, is. I, I think what I liked here is normally we talk about the top free agent at the position setting the market, and then it's the trickle down. Okay, they got blah, so now, you know, the tears start figuring themselves out. This catcher situation this year, I think, was truly unique. We, we'll see with, if anything happens with Yadier Molina. All of us would, you know, bet on him going back to the Cardinals. We'll see if something happens there. Wilson Ramos is out there. There's a lot of the old veteran guys, Zanino, Castro's guys that'll get these one-year deals. There was a clear one-two. Uh, McCann, you're buying into the past two years, and maybe he's figured it out in kind of a later-in-life catcher career. And, you know, even if he's not, if he goes back to being kind of eh, that contract isn't going to cripple the Mets. So I, I think that was kind of the mindset there. And Sandy Alderson did a press conference the other day, and he mentioned the timing of it a lot. Like, he, he kind of hinted that McCann was ready to go, the Mets were ready to go, which tells me Real Muto's not. Real Muto's going to do the dance and get that big old contract that he's very much deserved, being the clear number one catcher, hitting free agency, still in his prime. We're expecting some of the catcher years to kick in. But I think the Mets were saying, like, guess what? We're not going to do the dance. If, if Real Muto wants to play that game, we've got other priorities. I'm hoping it's Bauer. I think that makes sense for every party involved. You know, the Springer connections are still there. Real Muto, I kind of like it for him too, though, because I think any other team that's contacted, Blue Jays, Astros, Phillies, Nationals, whoever's been rumored, McCann's gone. They can't play the backup option. If you're interested in JT Real Muto, you know, no offense, but Mike Zanino ain't the prize after. Like, you uh, you can still talk yourself into a lot of what McCann's done. I think Real Muto, it sucks at the Mets route because supposedly they're supposed to be money bags, but you can point to all those other teams and say, if you want an impact player at catcher, it's me. Yeah, he's still going to get his money. Uh, I don't know if he's going to get what he thinks he's going to get, you know, and that being like a five-year hundred. Like, I don't think he's going to get that. Um uh, 
but yeah, like there are suitors for him. He's clearly the best catcher in baseball. Like we alluded to before on the show, he's like Travis Kelsey in your fantasy football. He's the best position. He's the best player at his position and can give you a unique advantage over other teams. But I just wonder how teams value the catching position. They value defense. They value pitch framing. They value, you know, your uh, defensive run saves at the position. And he's very good in that. Uh, they value the bat maybe not as much at that position. A lot of teams say, I'd rather take a cheap catcher that can save me runs and we'll find our offense other places. So it's going to be interesting to see actually who his suitors are. You name some teams there. I don't know if all those guys are going to be in on him. If they are all in on him, he's going to get paid. But if it just ends up being the Phillies and maybe like the Blue Jays or something, we'll see. I want him to get paid. I think he should go back to the Phillies. I think there's unfinished business in that city. I think there still is a window if they make some moves, but they got to spend. They have to spend this offseason, uh, and I don't know if they're like really ready to do that, man. I am, if you're not ready to go all in, why would you sign JT Rumuto to a big deal? I want him to go back to the Phillies now. That's like my favorite destination for him. With Dombrowski coming on as GM, we talked about this, our live reactions, because this broke while we were on live on the winter meeting stream. Dombrowski doesn't come to a team in a rebuild and doesn't come to a team that's not spending money. Uh, he's a guy that says, give me your wallet, let me go buy all the players, I'll get you a World Series, and then I'll leave you in crumbles. And a lot of teams trade for that, and they say, yeah, that's great. That's f- absolutely fantastic. So to me, Dombrowski doesn't come to the Phillies unless he knows he can go get some players. I would bring back Ramudo. That would be my first thing. I do think... It's not going to take as much because there's no bidding war with McCann. Uh, there's no there's no trying to get the highest deal. Like You just got to get more than McCann now, and he's going to get that. And teams aren't going to go way behind where if McCann hadn't signed, they can set the mark. McCann kind of set the mark for him, and now he's just going to get a little bit more. So um, that, that's how I think it plays, and I really want him to go back to Philly now. It's kind of like, cool, stay competitive. Mets could have got him. They didn't. You go get him. And now try and beat the Mets, and let's have a fun NL East. I like that. I, I like I like Real Muto twisting the knife and going to the Nats and kind of pairing him and with Soto in that lineup, and he's with the pitching staff. That's kind of fun. Or the one that stumbled into the other day. I mentioned it briefly, but if you're the Astros and you got a little coin to spend, you can kind of make him the new face. Like you can a catcher. That's the guy everyone rallies behind. Like you can. Really changed the narrative there while also getting a nice ball player. And Trev, I'm with you on the catcher position, man. I'm excited to see what develops because, you know, kind of what I've been saying about relievers that I hate is that there's this new cost analysis with relievers where guys are going to take chance on rookie contracts rather than a guy that's been there for four years because you essentially cut the cost in half, going from a million to half a mil or whatever it is. The catcher position, you could see the same thing. You could see... Guys just saying, well, let's get two defensive catchers, kind of like Cleveland, Hedges, Roberto Perez. We'll put them down as a zero in the lineup, but defensively we'll make up for it there. Or do you see some orcs go the other way where they don't care about the pass balls and the defense as much? If they can get a hitter at catcher, they make up their value in that way. So um, I, I, I like a theory developing there. Okay. The other thing about the Mets that we can stay on here is the GM. What's his name? Porter? Jared Porter. Porter. I like what they're doing here. Uh, when Steve Cohen said, he, you know, what are your plans? He said, hey, the way I do my hedge fan is we develop talent. We don't just give it away uh, before it actually helps the team, which is what the Mets have done and Brody did nonstop. The Mets only have one prospect in the top 100 right now. It's a shortstop who's a couple years away. They need to develop a farm. This dude, Jared Porter, is a scout. Like, that's what he's been. He's been the head scout everywhere he goes. He helped Theo in Boston break the curse. He helped Theo in Chicago break the curse. He helped build those those youth foundations. So that's what there is where Sandy's saying, hey, I can maybe handle some of the uh, operations of, of, like, you know, the other stuff, the – the and there'll probably be a collaboration, but Sandy clearly has the mind of like trades and organization and stuff like that. And he's like, "You help me with the scouting, and then we'll meet in the middle," because they need to build up their farm. They traded away everyone uh, that could have helped them in the last couple of years. So I think it's I like the hire for that. It seems very focused, which I like. 
It's like it's they so had funny an- to think about Brody in that position. He goes, he's like the rock star. He, I'm an agent, but now I'm the GM. I paved the way for this to happen. And then he's there for what two years. He's got some absolutely horrible teams. Then he's got the thing with Manfred, and we're like, oh, does he do that because he wants to be the next commissioner? And now it's like, what's this guy going to do? He missed out on a golden opportunity to be the GM of the franchise with the richest owner that's going to go out and spend money. Like That's every GM's dream, dude. I want to work with the guy who has the most money to spend, and now he, what's he going to do? What's Brody Van Wagen going to do? And I feel bad. He's he, an alma mater of my high school. Mm. Oh. To work at the agency that... Uh, I'm still a part of. He's gonna go back to being uh, never an agent. really got with him that much, but what's he gonna do? Go back to being agent. a successful agent. I don't think so. Only because he's an agent. You can't leave guys high and dry, and then say, "Hey, can I be your agent again?" That's not how it works, man. So I don't say, know what he's gonna do. He's gonna say, "Hey, listen, I've been on the other side now. Yeah. I got some intel. I know what they're thinking. <laughs> I know how those rooms work. I know how to move myself in the best position to take advantage of that." Or I'm he back. could be like, damn, I kind of overplayed my hand a little bit, huh? I'm, I'm sure he won't pitch that to his clients. Beeps? Just Porter had his introductory press conference yesterday, and circling back on what he does well for the Mets, they asked him, like, what is the first thing he wants to change? He wants to revamp the player development, get more organizational depth all around, and uh, revamp the whole analytics department. Sure. Yeah, where I'm sure all the perfect. San- every organization wanted to do that. Sandy. Yeah, yes. but the Mets Sandy. need it. Where Sandy all can the be things like, Brody like spit at. And yeah. Sandy's old school. Like Sandy, kind of not that he's not into that stuff, but you can. It's kind of the uh, you know let him be the legs, and Sandy will kind of say yes or no for a little bit, or, and or then, he'll do extensions. He'll yeah. do like the other stuff. He'll do if the kid earns it in two years, maybe they give him the gig or the other rumor that everyone likes is that, you know, Theo's going to be attached to this kid and Sandy will step down. Theo comes in, bada bing, bada boom. Mets are so hot. Mets right are now. hot I in the streets. I hope they come out with some sweet new unis. Okay. Like they have the classics, you know, got to keep the classic, but an alternate that's just like, out of this world, maybe like an all black thing, dude. Like the black, black. I like their black really tops. Weird. I don't think you could do that I with do black, black pants, top. though. Why not? You could do whatever you want. Dude. Maybe a blue one, blue. I think Nothing they I. should do something like that. Like separate yourself. This is a new era of Mets baseball. Do you know why the Mets colors are the Mets colors? Trev? I'm thinking. I don't. Because the Dodgers and the Giants left New York City and they were without mm. baseball and they brought a new team to New York and said, we're going to be Dodger blue and Giants orange and we're going to bring both those fan bases into our fan base. I like it. No, I love the, I love blue and orange. I'm wearing, I'm actually wearing blue and orange right now. It's a great color combo. They should, let's work some stuff. No, it'd be really forward thinking by the Mets if they got, you know, a well-liked player who's maybe doing something different. He's, you know, he's kind of a coach, but he's in media and, you know, have him be, you know, like a contractor, just a mill or two a year. That's old school Mets. To be Trevor Plouffe. I think I, is I Jessica would fit Mendoza's, in the organization. Is she still an advisor for the Mets? I don't know. Who? Mendoza. Oh, if she was an advisor for the Mets... Who well, there's Why a not bunch you? Of people that are advisors. Why not you? Yeah, I can advise. I'm, I'm already advising you for free on the podcast. Maybe I need to stop giving my stuff out for free. Oh, mm-hmm. didn't she resign mess. after she supported? I forget what the exact quote was, but she had some weird quote come out about like the Astros. labor stuff or the Astros. She the Astros. blamed. She she didn't. She threw fires under the bus, and I was like, That's ah. Mm. Let's not talk about the Sunday Anyways. night baseball crew. I don't. I'm, I'm over it's not. that. Okay. Mets are hot in the streets. Moving on. Hire Trevor Plouffe. We did a lot of this already. We did Dombrowski. We did McCann. Look at this. We naturally just crushing our bullet points. What do we do. David Dahl to the Rangers. I have a boomer question that Ooh. I hope BBD can answer. Boomer. Yes. What was with the doll to Detroit? Where did that start, and what's it about? Dude, Detroit Twitter, man. It's beautiful. It's everything the internet's about. It's some some young John Boy guys in Detroit 
they got to all the Detroit going. They rallied Detroit Twitter. I don't know. I don't know. It's like origin, origin, but foolish baseball might be a good person to ask because he was. Yeah, he was early on Detroit stuff the whole time. He's who made me aware. It was Detroit Twitter. Like, it's like not an answer. Like I want to know who started. You want the person yeah, like we the don't have. Story. That. Yes, that's I don't what I'm have. For. We don't have that. Yeah. Nobody. Has I have that. a boomer. Someone um, has it. Mm-mm. They want to be mysterious. A boomer Banksy. I don't know what to call it. I was a boomer when I read Jeff Passan's tweet. Okay. It said, okay. you know, he was going to the Rangers, and it said, "Sorry, Detroit." Yeah. Underneath it, and I thought he messed his tweet up. Hmm. And like he actually went to Detroit and not the Rangers, but then I put two and two together, and he's not. So that's my boomer take of the day. If you have no idea what we're talking about, Detroit Tigers Twitter started the hashtag Doll to Detroit um, because someone wanted him. We're researching it now, um, and it just became a thing. Like I think if you were a Tigers fan, you start ending tweets with Doll to Detroit. He does like sign in there. general. The fit seemed there. It almost became a David Fletcher type joke because everyone was trying to hunt Bauer. Detroit fans wanted Dahl. Um, yeah, a lot of memes and stuff. Sorry, Detroit. Uh, for Texas, and David Dahl like replied. He sent a tweet out that was like, "Sorry guys, haven't gotten an offer from Detroit. <laughs> really, really appreciate <laughs> you guys hustling for me, but no offer there." Uh, I, you guys already know this. I've been yelling at the Texas Rangers for the past season to get anybody in that lineup. Like, there's if David Dahl is healthy and goes back to his season from a couple years ago, he's the best hitter in that lineup currently for $3 million. Now, he's had a ton of injuries and shoulder stuff, which for any baseball player is tough, but this is what I've wanted the Rangers to do. Take a chance on David Dahl. If it works, awesome. If not, three mil. Gone. Uh, you know, go sign Puig. Like you, you guys can make so many little moves in in Texas to upgrade that lineup so easily. And I hope this is the first of a few of these kind of moves that you can upgrade. You can upgrade that lineup so easily, so easily. I got a like a, kind of a sad story about the David Dahl signing. Okay. Uh, friend of the pod, one of my buddies from back home, Scott Heineman, part of the Texas Rangers organization, gets designated for assignment. And then they re-sign him to a major league contract, I think, two days afterwards. And then one day after they do that, they sign David Dahl and they designate him for assignment again. Mm. So when you talk about, when I talk about weird, shady baseball ops in Texas... This is exactly what I'm talking about. Cut a guy, sign a guy, cut him again. It's just so dumb. I feel bad for Scott. He'll latch on somewhere else. I'm happy with the David Dahl signing, though. But this is how they operate in Texas. Another reason why I constantly say Texas is the worst-run organization in baseball. Ooh, found the guy. Give him his credit. Scott Bentley decided he was going to make a video every day. Uh... Until they signed Dahl. And then it took off. So, at Bentley Scotty. Congrats to him. Started a movement in the baseball world. Then it like didn't that. work out. He's very mad at the Tigers. Very mad. Um, what's the other signing we had? This other little one. Red Sox signed Hunter Renfro. That's your, fun. Your boy. Hunter Renfro plays the outfielder very hard. Plays the outfield very hard. Runs into walls, attacks balls full force. I put the question on Twitter, how many times will he flip over? If he's playing right field, how many times will he flip over that short right field wall into the bullpen or fans area? I set the over-under at 15. Now, that's if we get a full 162 season. It's very high. I'd take the the under. (laughs) Trev? (laughs) (laughs) I would also take the under, but I would say probably a couple times. What if I did it at five? Five seems honest. And I think it would. I think it's close. And I think it would be. It's one of those you lean heavy over because it's one of those things that happens twice in a weekend, and you're like, "You're nuts, Renfro. You're insane." He did it again. Like, does that mean like just his belt is over the wall, or does he have to go fully? Both feet are off the ground. Counts elevated. 
I think oh, he has, dude, he uh, has putting, to, putting all his weight you know, on the wall. He has to leave. What's this horizontal? I mean, yeah. belt, he has to be hor- go over horizontal the or above. Yes, perpendicular. Yes. Perpendicular. He'll, he'll do that a lot. Okay, so over under fifteen. And no, it's when you explain it like that, then maybe. Jimmy, I don't want to set a little bit of an alley-oop here, but uh, I was reading some of the notes, and they're like, yeah, you know, we're excited to have him. He's always had this power. We'll tap into it, blah, blah, blah. And uh, <laughs> they commented. They were like, you know, wasn't Renfro's best season, but he did great in Fenway this year, so they're hoping to get that. And it's like, well, who was he facing? Yeah. Go find me a guy that didn't do great in Fenway this year. <laughs> a lot of guys did Real, real good in like Fenway this year. I think, I think if you take Renfro's numbers outside of Fenway this year, I think he hit, like, in the O's. <laughs> but when he was I mean, at Fenway, a, let me go do this. it could have been, been something in the air. I don't want to knock Renfro too much, right? but I was excited as a Yankee fan to find out he's in the NL East because he can't hit breaking balls at all. Right. Um, so it's pretty easy strategy to go after him. I mean, he hit uh, 182 on breaking balls this year. Last year, 151. Year before that, he hit 170. You know, uh, breaking end off speed. Besides 2017, he was just sitting on changeups. Mm. He hit 344 against changeups. That's interesting. They did a uh, thing on Maurer when he was a free agent or like becoming a free agent and what his batted balls would be if he played in Fenway. And it was a joke. It was some crazy numbers. You know, he just lit, he would live off that wall. Like he, all of his pop-ups that went that way, doubles or a single, like they did these numbers and they're hilarious to think that's an actual, like, Hey, that could be a game changer. Hunter Renfro. Yes. He got to face, the Red Sox staff. Guess how many hits he had at Fenway for someone for someone to write. Well, he had good numbers at Fenway this season. Now it's shortened season. Uh, guess how many hits he had at Fenway for that sentence to be written. How many hits do you think it would need to be? I don't know. It's got to be like, I think it's, I also may have seen it. It's either like six or eight. You'd wish. It's four. Oh. You got four hits at Fenway, Trev. Not bad. They won series there and got four hits, and they were like, hey, this guy could really do some damage. Yeah. I mean, people are strange. Man. He only people got are... 19 hits all season, so. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a weird year. Weird year. But, but yeah, technically he had a 364 batting average uh, at Fenway because he had, you know, the four hits, two home runs, two doubles, so that's nice. Pop, baby. Um, Sweat. Baby sweat, baby sex is it? Keep going. Put your hands down my pants, and I bet you'll feel nuts. Yes, I'm Cisco. Yes, I'm <laughs> oh, Ebert, and you're getting two thumbs up. You like eruption. And three of those hits came in one game. Don't make it was a me good game. Don't make six, me track down the pitchers. Six singles all year. Oh my goodness. Don't make me track down the pitchers. Socks get there. People come to us. We give the real info on this show. Not some, okay. Yeah. They he hit a home run off uh Mike kick him. Oh, kick him when he's up, kick him when he's down. And then what else did he knock around? So a home run off have any good pitcher, so you could just it. name anybody on their staff. It's, they're not good. I don't I don't remember who Kickham is. So that's a problem. Okay, Kyle Hart. Oh. I could probably rake him right now too. I know you could. I had to guess. Marcus Walden. Walden's Pond. I have raked. I know him. He's pretty good, but I have raked him. And Jose Peraza. You're saying so. raked with a K, right? Yes. Okay. I thought he was saying rated. Rated. Like, oh, you know, I rated. rated him pretty well. He's yeah. class. Class pitcher. 6.8 out of 7. Five. Didn't say that at all. I said I raked him. Raked him with oh, a K. Oh, okay. Close. Close. So, Hunter Renfro, sorry about that turning south on you. Yeah. But someone wrote that line, and I just needed to dig in. Yeah. You can't tell me about hit well at Fenway, and I'm not going to go look at it. Yeah. Hits. It's okay to call guys out and say stuff. Like they can take it. He had a tough year, Trev. And I'm hoping Weird you don't like it. And I'm hoping it continues against the Yankees. Yeah, you gotta just play better. Anything else? It's better. 
Yeah, we got to talk about Cleveland. I'm excited to talk about this. I want to get everyone's. Um, give me. We got to do the names. Name predictions. What you want the name to be? I have one. It's stupid. It's never going to be the name, but I think it's kind of cool. Back in the olden days of talking baseball, before you were with us, Trev, I believe we did a full episode on this. Uh, and I don't like spiders. I'm out on it. I don't like it at all. So get it out of my I also face. do not like spiders. Um, Guardians was up there, which that, you know, Marvel's kind of ruined that for me. I'm not mm. into that at all. What are the other options now? I have one that's a little... I like the rocks, out, but the Rockies exist. Yeah, a little out of the box, and I think it might be sexist. Mm. In 2020, we don't do that. Here we go. Never again. The Cleveland, the Cleveland never fellas. Again. Oh, fellas? Fellas. Because Bob Feller, big Cleveland name, Cleveland fellas. But I don't think you can exclude yeah. the women. Yeah, I don't think you can. No. I think that's... I mean, the Padres... <laughs> Yeah. All right. Maybe the Cleveland Madres. Go Madres and Padres. Yeah. There's a beautiful lake there. They have like the, the you know, they could do something with that. Um, they have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I would not go that route because that's so cheesy. Don't do that, please. But if I'm really thinking of it, I would like them to just go back to the really simple name. They're an old, old franchise. Do something like... You know, they already have the Browns there. You could do the Cleveland something. Someone said Maybe. they should do the Cleveland oranges and wear brown helmets. Like that. I, uh, you know, I... The blues. Jake with, his, know. Jake with his dumb jokes. You know, I said the Cleveland cocks. You know, game cocks, something like that. What I stumbled into when I said that, which I'm actually all in on, is the Cleveland clocks. And, like, when you go to the stadium, there's clocks everywhere. It's kind of mesmerizing. Mesmerizing. If you're an opponent, you're just looking all around the stadium. There's just different kinds of clocks everywhere. It's like hypnotist stuff. Well, that's man. like that Isn't painting. Cleveland Blues. I think I just yeah. – the Cleveland Blues is – that's it. That's what they should well, do. St. Louis has that. Their I hockey know, that team. Matter. You can have cross sports. I don't think you want that anymore. The Blue Sox what? is an option, according to this website I'm on. I like the Cleveland Blues because that goes in with rock and roll. What yeah. what was what was before rock and roll? The blues. Rock and roll ain't nothing but the blues sped up. Muddy Water said that. So, I think I just came up with it. Uh Cleveland Rockers, Cleveland no. Fellers, Cleveland Naps or Nap Le Joy. Nap Le Joy. Cleveland Cuyahogas. The Cleveland Great Lakers. Cleveland Blues. You didn't come up with it. It's on this list. That's already been written. Mm. Cleveland Cinders. Uh, I'm voting for the Cleveland Blues. It makes a lot of sense. Cleveland Buckeyes. Very interested to see what they come up with. You swayed me Cleveland on the Buckeyes. rock and roll connection to the Blues, Trev. So I'm, I'm okay What's with that? that one, too. You swayed BBD. Thank you. And it's good. They're already blue. But on the for the record, I, I like spiders, personally. You do? I don't like I spiders. Like yeah, spiders is fine. I'm out on spiders. So out on spiders. It's too gimmicky, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's too you little know? kids. Like, name them, why don't you name them the dragons while you're at it? Well, if they yeah. hadn't are if the Cleveland Spiders weren't already a team, I wouldn't be for just Some going history. with spiders. But I know like there's a, history there, but it sounds like that's we're the re- you know, in, Cleveland uh, Indians were already a team. Movie? Just don't don't pick Redskins. What's the football movie with Jamie Foxx? Any given Sunday, they have those dumb names like the Sharks and somebody else. That's what the spider seems like to me. It should be in any given Sunday. So Okay. Yeah, it seems like an oh, AFL team Blues. name. Seems like a alternate league name. Yeah. Very minor league-ish to me. Don't want you guys getting too excited because team naming is a disaster. I think there's a ton of copyright and people are just very lame nowadays that you get teams like the Pelicans. So... I like that name. I mean, you could put that in the same bucket as spiders pretty easily. Yeah, I'm not a big Pelicans. They did already say it's definitively not going to be baseball team. Like I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're going to operate as they're going to be the Indians this upcoming season, and then which doesn't make any sense. Why? It's like we know it's bad, but let's not rush this. If it's bad enough, where you feel like you need to change your entire franchise name. Just change it, dude. 
How about you don't the, need to keep it for an extra year. Jim, well, because then they would guy. have to go baseball team, and they don't want to go that route. You're my history guy. What if they go the Grovers, the Cleveland Grovers? I don't think he's like. <laughs> I don't think he. You want to name? Okay, uh, naming it after someone's tough. Because what if they comes out and this guy was a horrible person? Yeah, might be. You're screwed. Yeah. What are some of the the newer names in MLB? Like you know that we weren't. 30 years old or 20 years old when it happened. Like the Diamondbacks. Rays. Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Rays. Devil Rays. Yeah, we were well, we were very old when they changed from the Devil Rays to the Rays, which was a right. really good move. It was a really Worked. good move. Makes a lot. At least that makes sense. Yeah. I like that move a lot. Uh, the Rockies, the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Like, I like those names. Nationals. That was a layup. I like that the Nationals. Easy. I like that one a lot, actually. Really what about um, Mariners going back a few moons before that? Great, great name great as well. Name. Marlins. Actually, like maybe one of the better names in sports. Marlins is good. So, like, there have been a lot of new names that have been good. I mean, even yeah, even yeah, the baseball's pretty tough. much nailed it so far. What's that? I, I think Marlins is tough. You do? Yeah. Those old school hats with the big Marlin on it? with the Yeah, they're cool looking, cool. but I think the name is tough. I like the gold. I even like Golden Knights for Vegas. Yeah. I do. It looks good. It's, it's a good like the gold, black and gold is a great. It's a good Vegas, Vegas uni. Yeah. You know what new name I really Team liked? Kind of lame. Though. You know what I really yeah. liked when it came out? The Minnesota Wild and the Columbus Blue Jackets. I remember yeah. being a kid when they yeah. named those, and I thought both were cool. It's good. The Wild's really cool. They Names that don't end in S are always team, cool. Everything. Yeah. Name yeah. all the sports teams that don't end in an S. Jazz. All the sports teams Thunder. or is this in e. baseball? All the sports teams. All Every of sports them? team. Red Sox, White Sox. College teams. No, no, league. just four sports, four major sports teams. Jazz. Magic. There's a uh, Magic. Uh, Fighting Irish. Uh, Thunder and Heat. No, major sports Thunder leagues. Thunder and Heat. I know. I'm the heat. busting your balls because we're not actually going to do this. I think we did it already. Okay. I think we got all of them. All right. <laughs> Washington football team. Yep. They're on there. Other than that, we got all the all the other ones. Good job by us. Seattle Kraken. I don't like that name, but I don't like Kraken. Kraken. But it doesn't end in an S. So yeah. Cool logo. Topic. Cool logo. Yeah. Colors are cool. I do like the logo over there. Yeah. I mean, that's all we really have on our list. Trev, you're hot on this minor league stuff that mm. I'm not incredibly informed in. So if you want to... Uh, let it rip. Take just, the reins. Just a heads up, okay? I want everyone just to – we're not a labor pod right now. We were probably going to have to be eventually again. I but I want to people to, to just notice this because MLB is banking on you not noticing and not caring. What happened, we, we kind of agreed that the minor leagues should be shrunk a little bit. How they handled it and how quickly they did it, I, I'm not a fan of. But, look, that was their decision. Uh, then they offer – all these teams, essentially like a rose on the batch, they're like, we pick you. You're going to be part of our organization. The problem is what they've done now. And again, they're counting on your indifference in the matter. Because we know the MLB likes the PR, but they've been so bad at it. What they've done now is they've extended an invitation to these teams and said, we want you to be part of the organization. But, and it's a big but, here's a 10-year a agreement before you get to even see the agreement for your business to enter into business with us, you need to sign an NDA, which basically says you can't talk about the agreement at all. You can't sue MLB if you sign this and you say, oh, actually, this is stupid. I don't want to be part of this. We'll take legal action. If you sign the NDA, you can't. So now they're basically forcing, and, uh, forcing these minor league teams to do it. They put a hard deadline on it. And basically they've said either you do this or we'll just move on to the next city that got uh, their team taken from them, and we'll just do that. They have all the leverage, uh, save a few teams in Texas, uh, and they're trying to take advantage of these teams and do it in a time where like people are going to be indifferent about minor league baseball. There's a lot of other stuff going on right now. You know, you're thinking about the vaccine coming out. You're thinking about the holidays, and here is MLB doing a news dump, basically telling these minor league organizations do this or else. And that is not the way you should do business. I have 
I have questions that I'm like scared to ask because clearly this is a issue where it seems like you should be on one side of it, not the other. Even though the last time we did this with the contraction, we were all on the side of, yeah, contraction is going to be good and help out yes. the players actually have good facilities and get paid instead of spreading it so thin that everyone's making pennies and eating bologna sandwiches. But why don't, why do the minor league teams exist as their own? Like, why don't you just make it that the Yankees own and operate their four affiliates? It costs a lot. Um, and they're money. They already have these, they'd have to go buy these facilities. They'd have to go upgrade them themselves. They're counting on these teams to do it themselves. They just sign leases with these cities and then, you know, they'll improve it a little bit here and there. But I think by and large, they just don't want to make the investment, which is dumb. Well, in, in an age of player development, they don't want to, they don't want to do that. The whole system is so incredibly broken that you just change affiliates and move left and right. And like, why would you want to own a minor league team at this point? Like, I'll tell you why, because this is another part I didn't get to, Jim. And this is kind of going to answer your question a little bit. So the teams in the bigger cities, AAA teams mainly, um, you know, we got the Vegas, we got Portland, we got all these these teams. Nashville. Is Portland a team? Does Portland have a AAA team? I think they do. I don't think they do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They have Maybe a- not. Any team, any minor league affiliate owner that's in one of these cities, Nashville, Vegas, Charlotte, if the MLB comes in 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 five, ten years, puts a major league team there, they are going to get compensated very heavily for that. So that's another piece of pressure MLB is applying. They're like, if you don't sign this, you're not going to be in a – you lose your affiliation. And if a team comes in – you can't reap the benefits of it. So, like, there's all sorts of layers to this. Uh, but, again, it's just MLB using its leverage to squeeze, but, you know, right. these minor league affiliates and making them make a, a bad decision in a short amount of time. I understand that the MLB is using their leverage, and the MLB is addicted to licensing rights, and they want to squeeze people out. When... I'm really nervous about sounding like a bad guy. When you buy a minor league team, you bought a minor league team that is affiliated with other teams that have a lot of say in how you operate, how you run, and they can pull the plug at any moment if they don't think you're up to task with the major league team. Like That's the agreement that's going in. So if these these minor league teams are top of the crop and a major league team is saying, like, listen, we can choose whatever minor league teams we want. We're choosing you because we think you're the best. But if you're not with us, then we're not interested in fighting or debating. We're just going to move on to the next team that is with us. So sign this NDA because we've chosen you. If you're not, if you're going to give us pushback, if you're going to give us hassle, we're not really into that because we're choosing. We get to choose. Like the there's no there's no position where the minor league team has any power. So I don't understand why people are saying it's crazy that major league teams are flexing their power on the minor league team. Like. Yeah, because that's the dynamic. It'll never be changed. And what is the major? What is the minor league team that's getting picked going to do? Like, go become uh, an independent? No, you, you would cease lot, to exist. You do independent. You could do collegiate leagues. You can do a lot of different stuff. But I agree with you. Look, they they really have no leverage, and especially in this situation. And there's probably people listening to this who have. I, I don't know. Like I'm not know more about the agreements than, than I would know. But when they do sign these agreements, it's not like they can just, you know, stop. It's these are long agreements. These are ten year leases with cities, even longer sometimes, even twenty year leases with cities sometimes. So I think there's a lot of bureaucracy that goes along with why MLB needs to be in these cities. The cities that are located, the excuse me, the franchises, minor league franchises that are located near the major league cities definitely have more leverage than the ones that are far away and have nothing to do because the big leaguers, the big league organizations want to have the players close, especially yeah. at the AAA leverage. Locations, your chip, so, and it, like anything, it is a business. I mean, if you, you can run a good business, you can run a bad business. If you could be a good AAA business that has people coming in and you got good marketing and you've packed the house and you sell beers, you know, you can be a good business or... You'd be a bad business, you know, kind of like anything else. Location is the biggest negotiating chip. And, Jim, you started it here, and it'll always be mind-numbing that these teams invest so much money. You know, Bryce Harper gets 
what was his contract? Three thirty. You know, if, if you put, you know, one percent of one percent into that for running four minor league facilities and taking care of your prospects and doing all that, and I think they're trying to get there. I know our Quinn Hubner in the chat said the Astros now own all their affiliates. I think we're getting there, but yeah, right now we're still cleaning up the mess of yesteryear. And I don't know where this puts me. And obviously, I don't have all the information. I'm happy to be told, like. Hey, actually, you shouldn't have this opinion because this, and I'll listen. But like, if you're a minor league owner and you don't like the power dynamic, don't be a minor league owner. And then what happens? Then these big owners have to buy their affiliates because they need a minor league. So like, it's just weird to me. I don't know. I just don't get the dynamic. And I'm sure that MLB teams are infringing and like, being bullies and being terrible, but that's the dynamic. So, like, I wish that they would be fair and square and all that, but I just don't feel like, I don't know. That's been the dynamic, but they also just reduce the number of teams. So, basically, what MLB is doing is the the scene from Batman where the Joker says, we're having tryouts. Crack the stick. Which one of you wants to be the minor league team? Exactly. So, that's why you saw all these tweets come out that were like, so glad to be joining you know, yeah, but this nobody's team. signed on yet. Exactly. Not so one team is this signed is where, on. This is where unions and stuff come into play because I'm I'm hoping these minor league teams band together because otherwise they have a board of trustees, they have they have a board that's can, that's going through all of it. They're 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 seeing what they can and do. This ties into and jobs I'm and is people's just lives. Be aware it of sucks. the situations. If you're a fan of baseball, go check it out. Just see what's going on because like I said, they're counting on indifference and you not caring. But if you go read about it, it's fucked up, man. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's Every team should just own their affiliates. Like it should get to the place where you like you have like you have like five years to go get an affiliate, and then the next ten years you have to get another affiliate. So like thirty years from now, this is this, and you own your affiliates. I don't understand like the minor league having a union going against it. Just does I don't I can't wrap my head around the dynamic. In it at all, or why you? I don't want know how to easy own. it is to do that. There's, there's got to be some reason why that hasn't already happened. Whether it's some something with the antitrust that they have, um, I don't know. Maybe it costs a lot. Yeah. All right. Running and running those organizations is a lot of freaking work, dude. Yeah. Could also so, be lucrative for the businesses, which I don't get. Yeah, we we we'll talk about it more. I just wanted to bring it Labor. up because I'm I'm reading articles, seeing it, and um, they're calling it chaos capitalism. Capitalism, where the owners are trying to do some shady business moves when no one's paying attention. Name of the game. Awesome. We have breaking news. Um. So yeah. I know we didn't want to go full labor pod, but it's being reported MLB owners looking to push the season to at least May. We knew that already, right? We knew that already, but there's like quotes and official reports now. Quote, I don't what, see a way. Happening? I don't I see any that. way spring training starts in February, um, which stuff we yeah. knew about, but it hasn't been discussed on the yeah, show. Yeah, I mean, I'm when sure you're, it'll come up again soon. When but. you really think about it, it makes sense. I mean, if you're, if you are, the, I mean, a vaccine should be coming. Why would you risk rushing, doing a half-assed effort to play in front of no fans? I mean, as long as they can pay the players correctly, like fully, then and then just wait it out till you can pack stadiums. I get the thinking there at all. I, I I've anticipated a delay and and a no no fans at spring training. Um, I'd be shocked if we get fans at spring training or not a delayed start. I'm sure we'll get into the weeds this, and it'll be ugly and dumb again. You know, the quote I saw owners are saying they're probably going to make a requirement for players to get the vaccine when that comes out, but they have to wait till the vaccine's available for people and the players, like, bracket of people because they're, for the most part, young and healthy, so they don't... They're not high on the priority list, so then that means uh, they they got delayed. they can get that shit. They'll, the you know, NHL already bought a bunch of the vaccine yeah. for everyone involved in game day operations, so like they can. But I kind of missed this whole thing. I was changing my headphones out. The owners are what saying they want to make sure everyone's safe. They want to make sure that health and safety of their players is a top priority now. Now? No, I think they're saying they want to sell tickets, and if if they can 
if they can start the season May 1st and sell out every game because it's not an issue or at least go 50%, 75% capacity, they'd rather do that than start the season April 1st with empty stadiums again. Why? They're also saying the health stuff. but That's what I'm saying. It's okay. If you want to do that, why, why? It's just a month. Players are not going to, players after playing through this last season are not going to agree to say, let's wait a month and not get paid for that month. It's not going to happen. It will not happen. They are going to put up a huge fight. They already took a 30% or 70% pay cut with the amount of games they paid last year. They're not going to do it again. Like they're going to play. And if you can, you played an empty stadium as this last year, you can play in empty stadiums for a month and then get your fans back. You can't – it's so stupid, man. It pisses me off. It's it different, Trev. Off. It's like the travel. Like they're not going to do just the east, the central, and the west again. I guess they could try and make a schedule for the first month to, to stay local, but it's going to be much different with traveling city to city and all that. So it's going to be a mess. Um, I, I would I would bank on a delay if it was me. Given you what the it's bank just, I, I I agree that it it will maybe probably happen, but it's just the reasoning is dumb. It's all bullshit. It's all money driven. They don't care about the players' health and safety as much as they say they do. It pisses me off to think about it. To be honest with you, and we're seeing football play every week right now with people in the stands, and there's a vaccine around the corner. There's. How awesome was that video of the vaccine going into the hospital with the sports center music playing behind it? Like, how it's hilarious. That's but, cool. like, come on. We're talking, what, three months, four months? You yeah, can start it's, to see. It's, yeah, it's, well, you get the first shot, wait six weeks, and we'll see. I'm starting to think you won't need the, the second booster. one. Oh, really? It dep- I think it depends which version you get. Yeah. All right. Got anything on that, Jake? No, you guys are there. I think that was a good advertisement for what you'll be hearing in the next three months. Ugh. Yes. We're the best MLB labor dispute pod going. (laughs) I don't doubt it. It's so grinding. It's so frustrating. Dude, we were, we grinded through that. This, what was it? When were we doing? February and then. I'm a lawman now. Trev, we did it for like three months straight. It was insane. And we're probably oh going to be God. doing it again, man. They're going to use the DH's leverage. They're going to be doing tons of dumb shit. It's going to be annoying. But until then, we'll just talk about signings, and there's a lot to happen. So yeah, yeah. hopefully uh, we have big news. We have an interview coming up on Thursday. So be excited for that. And then we'll see you next week on Tuesday for whatever news breaks, unless something really big breaks oh. and we decide we need to hop on the mics right away. Then we, you may see us there. That ends this episode. We thank you all for hanging out with us, and we'll see you later. Goodbye. Farewell. Auf Wiedersehen.